Welcome to the FML Podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Esmail, and I help ambitious women like you optimize their lives by mastering their fitness, mindset, and lifestyle. You are limitless, and my goal is for you to walk away from each episode believing that. Hello, you beautiful, wonderful human. Hope you're having a fabulous week. I am popping on here today to share a quick story. It's nothing crazy. It's not going to be real long, but when this happened to me a couple months ago, (laughs) I knew while I was still in tears that this was going to be one that I share because honestly, I don't see this topic touched on a lot and definitely not in this way, uh, this vulnerably. So before we even dive in, I'm going to ask you guys for a friendly favor, and that is if you are enjoying the FML podcast, please help a girl out and drop a five-star review at the bottom of the uh, page of this episode. It takes about a total of five seconds to do. That would be awesome. And if you love this episode, and I have a feeling it's going to land with a lot of y'all, I do ask that you share it with someone that you think it would serve. Podcasting is funny because it really is like shouting into a cave. I heard someone say that one time, and it resonated so hard because you, you know, put it out there and unless someone goes pretty far out of their way to to share what impacted them, you just never know how it lands. So it means a lot for me to you guys, for you guys to express to me how my messages land to you in one way or another. It is greatly appreciated and you just tuning in and listening to this podcast is such a blessing that I do not take for granted. So thank you for being here. So onward march to our story that is about confrontation, but more so about just speaking up for yourself and being able to process information in the present moment. And the setting of this story is at a nail salon and to my girlies who get their nails done and also struggle to speak up for themselves and advocate for themselves sometimes. It's probably no surprise to you that this all went down at a nail salon because you know how it is. It's hard to communicate with nail techs sometimes and they aren't always the most customer service oriented. So it can be a little weird. But it was right before Valentine's Day and I was going to get my nails done, all different shades of pink because that is my favorite color and I was all excited and I had actually done this exact pattern at the salon before so I felt really comfortable asking for this. So I walked in and I got assigned to this guy and... Right away, I asked him how his day was going. He said it wasn't going well. And so we chatted about that for a second. We had a very awkward moment where he was asking me something and I asked him to repeat it like three or four times and he had a very heavy accent. So I just couldn't get it. And it just was like radio silence after a couple minutes because I'm like, I'm so sorry. I have no idea what you're saying. And you know, that is just a mildly uncomfortable way to kick it off. So I have practiced over the years speaking up more so specifically in nail salons because, you know, you're watching them do something and you can sit there and watch them do it in a way you don't like and then you're stuck with it or you can say something before it's too late and finding that perfect window of opportunity when it's appropriate to ask them to do something or to do something differently or to fix something is um, an art in itself. So he's doing my nails and I get SNS dip and so... It sometimes people, oftentimes, it's way too thick. And then it's really hard to take off and it's just not a good look to have that thick, chunky nail look. And so 
I asked him as he was filing them down, like, can you make them thinner? And he basically started explaining to me why he can't because of the colors that I chose, which I knew wasn't true because I had had my nails done with those colors before. And so he's kind of just trying to explain to me why he can't file them down anymore. And as he's doing that, he's taking that like little like pencil type grinder thing that goes underneath your nails to get the crust out and is grinding that away. But he accidentally went too deep and it was like cutting into the skin under my nails. And so initially I felt really good about like speaking up saying, oh, can you make them thinner? Thinking he was going to do it. And then I'm trying to process him explaining that he can't while he's cutting into my skin. And you guys are going to be like, oh my gosh, why didn't you like yank your hand back? But I didn't. And I didn't realize how deep he was cutting me until I'll, I'll get there in a second. But it really hurt. And I was just trying to process. It was like, like sensory overload in that moment. I'm like trying to understand what he's saying, trying to figure out like how I can not get my nails to be this thick, like feeling the pain of him cutting into my skin. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? And it's just like, my brain is just like, like um, flatlined. And so I go and I wash my hands and I come back when my nails are done. This is like a couple minutes later. And he doesn't say anything to me. He's already working on his next guest. He just completely dismisses me as if he was, you know, not happy with me for asking about the thickness of my nails or whatever. So I'm like, you know what? Just forget it. I'm just going to go to the front and check out and be done with this. So I get to the front and she's like, how did it go? And I was like, it's fine. Whatever. You know, I'm not going to make a fuss. I'm not going to have my entire set of nails redone because who wants to sit there for two more hours, right? That's another thing about the nail salon is when people are like, why didn't you say something? because I don't want to sit through that again. I would literally rather pay for it and deal with it for three weeks than go through another two hours of getting my nails done in awkward tension the second time around. So as I'm pulling out my credit card to pay and handing her my card, I look under my nails and I'm bleeding. I'm literally like dripping blood from under my nails And the guy who did my nails, like I said, was working with his next guest right behind me. And I was like, okay, if I show her this right now, this is going to be super weird because I didn't show it to him and he's going to know and he's going to be watching from right behind me. And I was so overstimulated and unable to process what it is I should say or do in the moment that I just paid and I walked out and I didn't say anything, which is typically how it goes for me. And I get in my car And it was like I had a a mini trauma response in that moment. Like my body was in fight or flight and I just started bawling. Like tears flowing from my eyes, like boo-hoo crying all my way out of the parking lot. Literally thinking, what the fuck is wrong with me? Why could I not say something? Like there is absolutely no valid reason that I should not have said something in that moment to him when I felt that he was cutting into my skin and then again at the desk when I'm literally physically bleeding and I wasn't even crying because I was upset about my nails like not at all I don't care that much about my nails or even the fact that I was bleeding it was just purely the what is wrong with me what just happened like why was that so hard for me and so I went home and I came home and Alex is like, let me see your nails because he knows how I am with my nails. 
And I just start crying. And he's like, what happened? What's going on? And I said, I cannot speak up for myself. And y'all, I just want to emphasize, this is coming from a life coach who has done so much inner work, so much mindset work. And I seriously still struggle with this amongst a lot of other things. So just a friendly reminder, don't ever think that someone who speaks on mental health or mindset or is a coach doesn't have their own struggles and isn't still working through the things. Because I would say my strongest point of connection and where I can help my clients the most is with the things that I still feel and still struggle with on a regular basis. So side note on that. And I thought right away, I said, wow, there's so much to this. I need to unpack what's happening here. And so we sat down to talk about it. And I said, you know, given the way I was raised and some of my family dynamics, confrontation didn't really, like healthy confrontation didn't exist. It was either talking about an issue that you're having and not directly communicating about it or blowing up with anger and it not really panning out very well. And so I know that's where it begins. And over time, it's become this inability to process in the moment. It's not that I am scared to say something. It's not that I'm scared to advocate for myself out of like fear of judgment or upsetting somebody else. I'm not a people pleaser. I have never classified or identified myself as a people pleaser because I'm really not. Um, It's the processing piece of it. It's, it was like the wheels in my head were not turning at all for me to even get a word out. Like nothing came out. And so I started having flashbacks to all of these times that that, that, that has happened with people in my life, with my friends, with strangers, especially in the service industry. And, you know, first I came down really hard on myself. Like I said, like, what is wrong with me? And then I realized that's a completely normal way to be given what I was used to growing up. Like we didn't do a lot of that. And I just know that as a child looking back, confrontation and being in disagreements with someone else, I think made me feel very unlovable as a child. And that's really the root of it because when we feel unlovable or a lack of belonging, especially in developmental years, that is really, really powerful. So once I uncovered that piece of it, I said, okay, this is something I want to start working on. Where do we start? So I had a coaching session with my coach about it. And we really like just kind of stripped it back and and talked about more of the root of it and then talked about what it looks like moving forward. And it came down to baby steps, which was such a relief to me because for someone who struggles to speak up for themselves, thinking about having like a really big scary conversation. It's just a really big step to take. And so we decided, you know, I was going to start looking for small opportunities to speak up for myself and to take a second in the moment to breathe and process whatever's happening around me and whatever is being said before responding. And so before I even get to what that has looked like playing out in my life and how it's impacted me, I want to say that the most profound insight that I took away from that specific experience is how detrimental and unhelpful it is to when someone shares an experience like that of any kind where they didn't speak up for themselves or, you know, maybe they let someone take advantage of them or anything like that to respond 
by saying, you should have done this. You should have said something. That's your money. You should have at least gotten your money back, which quite honestly is how Alex responded when I first told him when I got home from the nail salon. He was like, let me light it up. I will go in tomorrow. I will get you money back. I will like show them pictures of your fingers bleeding. What do we have to do? And it hurt me so bad. Not like, I, it wasn't like a personal hurt. Like, like I was upset with him or that he did something, but it, it hurt me in the sense of, it put me even more in my corner of shame because I know that I should have said something. Anyone who has any level of experience like that already knows the answer. We all know the answer to that type of situation. You're supposed to stand up for yourself. You're supposed to ask for what you want. You're supposed to not pay for something if it's not what you want. Like, we know the answer. Which is why when someone else says that, our pride inflates right? And we get so excited to have the right answer. And this is happening subconsciously. We all do it, myself included. And we jump the gun and we say, you should have done this. Like, woohoo, look at me. I have the right answer in this situation. But guess what? That does not help the person in the situation. That person needs empathy, compassion, and validation. What I really needed was for someone to say, you know what? I get that. I've been there and it's hard to speak up for yourself in the moment, especially when there's that many things happening. Like it totally makes sense. We need comforted. We know what the right answer is. No one is ever sharing that to be told you should do this instead. In fact, people are almost never sharing anything, especially if it's vulnerable to have that kind of response. And I felt, um, I guess, some level of guilt right away because I've done that to people a lot of times especially my friends, like, oh my gosh, I would have done this, you should have done that. And that is what we call an advice monster, the you should coming out. That's not what your friend's looking for. Your friend's looking for a listening ear, for some validation and some comfort. That's going to go so much further. And even deeper than that, maybe some questions, maybe some like, why do you think that's so hard for you? Or where else does this show up in your life? If we want to really learn how to support the people we love and how to better support ourselves, that's the approach. The compassion and the empathy go so, so, so much further than you should have done this. So that was my biggest share. And I don't want to, I'm not shaming anyone who does that because like I said, I've done it too. And it was a huge light bulb moment for me to realize again how detrimental that kind of response is to someone who's really struggling with that because I'm 26 years old, and this was the first time I actually was able to say, I really need to work on this. Even though I've struggled with it my entire life, I've always just put it in a box and thrown it in the corner because there's shame. Because every time I say something and someone says, you should have done that, I feel ashamed. Should is synonymous with shame. And change never comes from shame. You cannot shame yourself into change grace produces change and growth. And so, you know, on my own journey and evolution, I've learned how to give myself that. And so what this has looked for me since this experience a couple months ago has been stuff like taking my coffee back when it's totally trash (laughs) and um, breathing in the moment when I'm on the phone with customer service for AT&T or my bank 
and thinking, do I have anything else to say right now? Do I have any other questions? Is there anything that I should not leave unsaid before hanging up the phone, before walking out, before drinking a nasty coffee that I don't want to drink? And I mean, baby steps, right? The first time I took back a matcha latte uh, was like a couple days after all this had happened. So I was like, perfect opportunity, let's go. And I was nervous. And what helped me was not thinking about it. Don't think about it too much. And don't, don't get yourself in overthinking mode of like all the different scenarios that could play out and how upset they could be with you or how they could tell you you can't return it, blah, blah, blah. Don't even go there. Just get up and walk to the counter before you even start thinking. That was how I tackled it. And when I got up there, I said, I'm sorry, this is, I'm not trying to, you know, be a problematic customer, but I'm just really not liking this latte. And of course, they were super nice, but they asked me, oh, just so we can make it better for the future, what didn't you like about it? And again, the processing, I couldn't really piece it together in my head. And I know this because I knew exactly what was wrong with this latte. They dumped like a scoop of powder in the bottom and then poured a bunch of almond milk and ice on top of it. Didn't even stir it, literally. And then maybe did like a little bit of lavender syrup. It was not sweet and it was clumpy and it was gross. I knew exactly what I hated about this latte. But could I come up with anything in that moment? No, (laughs) I could not because this was the first time that I was putting this into practice. So I said, um... I don't really know. It's just really not good. (laughs) And I was awkward for sure. But you know what? They made me a different drink and it was fine. And it wasn't about the outcome in that moment. It was about me learning and practicing this new skill so that when I really need it, I can use it. Did I need it that bad in that moment? Could I have sacrificed five bucks for latte? Sure. Not saying I should, because obviously like that's just not what you want. You don't want to just be throwing your money away for shitty drinks. But again, it wasn't about that. It was about me strengthening this muscle and learning how to process things in the moment. And guess what? Ever since then, it has gotten so much easier. And just taking a breath and thinking about it in the moment, it's almost like beforehand, like I said, don't think about it too much. I mean... I guess it depends on the situation. If it's like a serious conversation, yeah, totally think about it. If it's something that's small, don't think about it. But then in the moment, think about it. Take a breath and ask yourself, what am I thinking? And so I've been working on it and it has gotten so much better. And a result of that, that has trickled into confrontational conversations all around, like with within business, within friendships, within family, and my, even my marriage, is I've been able to just take the drama out of a situation. I used to always really um, just take it very seriously, which I'm not saying is a bad thing, but like anytime I had to confront someone about something, I would make it this whole big thing and go over the conversation in my head so many times and think about my delivery because I am very, very sensitive with my words in that I do not want anything to come off the wrong way. I don't want anything to land the wrong way. And I do not want to say anything that I don't truly mean. And so I take my words very seriously and I think about them. And as that is a good thing to do, there's a balance, right? And so I was kind of creating this drama around every type of confrontation by taking this approach. Whereas now 
there are a lot of things that can be said at face value. And there are a lot of things that I can navigate in the moment because I do care and I am good at communicating and I can choose my words more so in that moment. So now if I have something, it's not like something that I'm thinking about saying for a whole week and like prepping myself to say, I can just say things at face value and be more detached from the outcome. And that is a really beautiful thing because that has led me to feel a lot less guilty about a lot of random things. And I hadn't really thought about talking about this part of it on the podcast. It's just kind of where we ended up. Um, So I'm trying to think about how to articulate that. But basically, whether it be confronting someone about something or, I don't know, maybe just not checking in with someone, I'm very intentional in all my relationships. So if I don't proactively check in with someone and really show a lot of interest in what they have going on, I tend to feel really guilty about it. Even if it's not expected or an abnormal amount to do that, I would feel very obligated and very guilty for not doing that. And honestly, I am not quite sure how these dots connect, but I know that they do. And really the point in me sharing that is more so to just give you an illustration of how far the ripple effects go from any kind of inner work that you do. It's not just about that situation or the initial root problem. It's going to impact you always in so many different ways that you never saw coming. That is the beauty in mindset work and being very intentional with the way that you show up in your life, the way you think, the way you act, the way you speak, the people that you're around, it manifests everywhere. Every change that you make is exponential in your growth. So it's worth doing. And that's just the world that I live in with life and mindset coaching. It's super fucking cool. And I get to walk women through that on their journey in a private setting every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And it is just the best job in the world. I love it. I am so grateful to witness the growth of these incredible, incredible human beings that are tapping more into their potential and their power and becoming more authentically themselves and getting closer and closer to the life that they actually want to live, to their dream life. And so it's all about revelations and awakenings like this. Sometimes they seem small, sometimes they seem huge and world-changing, and I get to support and guide and encourage people through it all. So I hope that you took something away from this. I hope that you resonated with some part of this story. And if nothing else, I would just encourage you to, before ever offering any advice or any you shoulds, just comfort, just validate, just listen. All we ever really want is a listening ear. You know, and if somebody wants advice they'll ask for it. You would, right? If you're looking for advice, you'd say, hey, I want your advice on this. Otherwise, just practice listening. It makes people feel so loved and so accepted. And that is the most important thing always. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you have a great rest of your day. And like I said, leave me a five-star review if you love it. Share it with someone who you think would like this podcast. And I will see you back here next time. 